0: Well, hello there, and welcome back to another episode of the Encouraging Others Through Christ podcast. Cliff Ravenscraft here. Today I am going to share with you a podcast interview where I'm the one being interviewed. In fact, my friend Zach Bender from the Beyond the Mind Experience podcast invited me to be a guest on his show. We met on Clubhouse, and I'm just gonna give you the full unedited conversation right here right now
1: you've always you've been an inspiring figure on clubhouse with what you do and what you share yeah if you could introduce yourself what is it that you do how do you assist people and how do you seek to inspire my friend
0: first thing that i will say is my name is cliff ravenscraft i Oh gosh, how would I describe who I am? I, I guess you could say I'm a a, a con- I would say I'm a creator first. So I'm a content creator. I'm a creator of experiences, creator of communities, creator of conversation. So creator is the is my favorite label that I would carry. Um, another label is communicator, coach, mentor, advisor. Somebody that comes along somebody else in this journey, whether it's a one-on-one conversation or if it's leading a small group, if it's doing a conference with 100 people, 100,000 people, it doesn't matter to me. My desire is to always be a source of number one, entertainment, number two, education, number three, encouragement, and number four, inspiration, And the whole purpose of everything that I do, behind everything I do, is I want to help people break free from any beliefs, emotional patterns, behaviors, or thoughts that keep them from living the fullest expression of their truest identity and living life however they want to live it in this world. It's beautiful.
1: I'm really curious actually, with everything that you do and assistance to other people, how do you combine and connect the entertainment and the education? Those are the first two that you mentioned. And how has that process been of integrating the two? What came first? And what was what was there a defining moment inspiring? I guess
0: when I became very aware of the putting the entertainment out there as the leading edge of what I do, came from my experience when I first started podcasting. So, prior to my start in podcasting, which I started podcasting in December 2005, so a couple of years ago, and before <laughs> that, I had spent already about a decade as a Christian pastor. And in, as a Christian pastor, of course, one of the things I wanted to do is to encourage others, and I wanted to educate people. And I had a lot of knowledge. I had a lot of things that I had memorized, I had studied I, and experienced. And so what I would do is I would often try to teach people, like, this is how this is. This is how this works. This is this. I, I tried to teach them concepts. I want to teach you something. And very thankfully I had a lot of people that God graciously brought across my path who were looking for a teacher. And so it's you don't really need a lot of entertainment value if you are a teacher and you have all of the students that you would desire to have. But what happened was in December 2005 I was an associate pastor but I was full time as an insurance agent. I sold auto, home, life, health, and business insurance in a family run insurance agency. It was an independent insurance agency sold for multiple different companies, and that company was started by my grand or that agency was started by my grandfather in 1937. And my mom and dad owned it, and I was working in the agency. I was next in line to take it over. As a result of that career, I was incredibly successful. Uh, one of the top sales agents in the country, in fact, in multiple different companies in the same year. So financially, my, my life was going incredibly well. As far as the teaching and helping and encouraging, I was doing a little bit of that with my clients. I was doing that in my pastor ministry role. But what happened was I decided to start podcasting as a hobby. I was always a tech geek, early adopter of technology, and my wife introduced me to the show, Lost. Did you ever watch that television show? I haven't seen that show, but I remember you bringing it up to me, yeah. So I watched this television show, Lost, and I became hooked. And so I found about five other podcasts out there that were devoted to the television show, Lost. And I listened to every one of those episodes every single week. And I would research all the stuff, and I would go to church on Sunday, and I'm like... Guys, did you see the hidden clues in this television show? Did you see the hidden is- Easter egg? I went and read the summary of this book, and it helps give you a clue as to what's going on in the island. And and I'm talking to people who also enjoy the show, but they are what we call casual viewers. Mm. I, Cliff Ravenscraft, <laughs> I was not a casual viewer. So they gave the, every week. On Sunday, I would be given approximately about seven and a half minutes of their attention. And they're like, Cliff, thanks, but we're going to talk about (laughs) sports now. Did you see what's going on in the preseason of the such and such? I'm like, oh gosh, whatever. (laughs) So I'm sitting here blogging, right? I had been blogging since 1996, but in 2005, I'm sitting there blogging about all of the things that I'm learning and my own insights and of course they're inspired by a lot of things other people are sharing but I came up with my own fresh insights and one day I blogged about this thing called the Thomas Theory and I went and found screen captures from one episode to the next episode and I basically beyond the shadow of a doubt in my own mind proved my own theory and so I list, I recorded a three and a half minute audio file of my voice into an mp3 file and I sent it to Ryan and Jenna Zawa in Hawaii they happened to have what was called the transmission podcast from the island and so I sent my audio file to them and they played my voice my Thomas theory in their podcast and so what happened was my blog uh, and I promoted my theory and I said if you want to see the screen captures come check out my website my blog my blog up to that point, again, I'd been blogging for more than a decade, and my blog averaged about 300 views per month at that point. But then I logged in the very next day, and my blog wouldn't show up. It said, bandwidth exceeded, contact support, <laughs> Temporary, uh, temporarily unavailable. So I contacted my web host, and I said, what's going on? They said, well, Cliff, well, first of all, you us many thousands of dollars for exceeded bandwidth, and we shut down your thing because it was bringing <laughs> down all of our other servers. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And they told me, and, and, and my blog had gotten hundreds of thousands of views. And what happened was EW, or Entertainment Weekly, EW.com, heard my three and a half minute audio file. They then published an article on EW.com, entertainmentweekly.com. Wow. And then linked back to my article saying, you should check out this guy's theory. I think he's figured it all out. That began a story of, of changing my life forever. I, some people, I figured out the thing with the web host and, and all this other stuff. And what happened was I had people who said, Cliff, you should create your own podcast. And I'm like, okay, sure, why not? And so I started my own podcast and eventually, and I started up talking about the TV show Lost. So think about this my purpose here isn't business. I'm not looking to make money. I'm not here to proselytize my faith. I'm simply having fun. This is a hobby. And what happened was the television show had this episode called Tabula Rasa. Starting over with a clean slate is what it means. And it was about these people who crashed on an island. And now nobody knows about their sketchy lives that they lived before. One might have been a criminal, one of mine wanted for murder or whatever the case may be. But here, they got a fresh start. And so I, my wife and I are just sitting there talking behind the microphone, talking about what it's like to have this opportunity to start over with a clean slate. And we talk about stories of our own lives, of how we can relate to that and and stories that we've seen of people who have started over. And there was all good cowboys have daddy issues. And my wife comes from <laughs> a situation where there were some daddy issues. I came from a situation where there were some daddy issues. And we just started talking about our stories of growing up and what some of our daddy issues were, just stories. Zach, I share all of that. First of all, do you know what I just did? Is I just told a story so so my so every from the time you finished asking your question until just right now i wasn't teaching anything i just told a story however let me just pause right here do you pick any educational insights out of the story that i just told you
1: absolutely the just the innate curiosity with how you just explored and uncovered a whole nugget of truth within a, another story to create a whole nother story,
0: which propelled a life story, you know? So yeah, that's fascinating to hear. So what I found it, what I found out is that by creating this content and through some very, well, only God level kind of synchronicities that can happen, we had tens of thousands of subscribers to that podcast. And we had tons of emails coming in. Oh my gosh, Cliff, I just listened to the episode where you and Stephanie told this story. I have never heard of any such thing in my life. Can I ask you some questions? And these were questions that were far more deeply emotional, soul level, spiritually connected than most any conversation I've had in 10 years of official Christian ministry. And not once wow. did I share a Bible verse. Not once did I teach a lesson. I was just telling stories. I was just talking. I was just having fun. We were just laughing. We were playing. <laughs> but in that, people were connecting, resonating, and it was very educational. And so that's where I first discovered the the, the education and the entertainment and if you think about it that isn't that what Jesus did in his public ministry. Mm. He entertained the crowds with lots of stories and parables.
1: Wow. It's no wonder we learn the most. Or at least I felt like I did in preschool when there was just a bunch of instruments around and potential to share and create stories. I'm really curious to learn more about what you've learned moving through the ministry. How the sto- the storytelling innately of your passion and your curiosity changed the tides of your public presence.
0: Hmm. Uh, so it, I'm trying to follow the flow of where you want me to go with that. So I, I what I can tell you is that I discovered at some point po- through this journey. I had a pretty challenging experience with the leadership of the church that I was a part of. And what happened was I was an associate pastor, although it was an unpaid position and no problem there. I never once asked for money and it wouldn't have even crossed my mind. I was well gainfully employed as an insurance agent. I was extremely financially successful. So that was not an issue for me. But it was something that I did voluntarily, but it was an official position that, you know, and, and they gave me lots of incredible responsibility. I was the leader of many leaders within the church. So, um, what happened was, that that was all fine and dandy when I was just an insurance agent, but here I was, I, I discovered this podcasting, and I found myself spending a lot of time answering these emails. I created a bunch of other shows that were not related to the television show. I created a podcast that was called Pursuing a Balanced Life, talking about just random life stuff. I created a show called Family from the Heart where my wife and I would talk about family stuff. I created a show called The Almost Daily Devotional. I created a show called the Encouraging Others Through Christ podcast to talk about faith-related issues. So I was creating a lot of content in response to all these conversations I was having with people all over the world. And so before I know it, prior to podcasting, I worked about 40 to 60 hours a week in the insurance office and I probably put in about 20 to 30 hours a week with church-related stuff. Well, after I really got into the depths of podcasting, about three to six months into it, I'm still working about 40 to 60 hours a week in insurance and I'm working about 20 or 20-plus hours in podcast-related stuff, and I'm doing about 8 to 10 hours worth of church-related stuff. So I'd really cut back the amount of time I'm spending at that facility and in meetings and all this other stuff. One day, the leadership, uh, two two leaders in the church came to me and said, Cliff, um, we would like to submit you for the church Uh, Board, we would like to promote you to deacon within the church. And the ultimate thing is to make you become elder. But in our denomination, you have to be a deacon for two years before you can become an elder. And I said, That doesn't really make a lot of sense. And they said, Well, it's not about making sense, it's just the process. But as a deacon, you will be required to do X, Y, Z. And it was a bunch of service-related stuff that were not along my spiritual gifts. And I said, listen, I can't commit to that. And they said, why not? I said, I, I, I just, I'm just i not going to attend five church services on the weekend. I, that's just not what I'm going to do. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I got a, I work full-time. I've got this other stuff that I'm doing. Oh, we wanted to talk to you about that. And that other stuff that I was doing is podcasting. By this time, I'd been podcasting for about six months. Maybe it was longer. I don't remember. But anyway, they said, we think that you might want to spend some time praying about whether or not your priorities are in the right place. <laughs> we feel that maybe you've lost sight of what God is truly calling you to do, and you've been distracted by some things that, that are pulling you off the path that God has created for you. So we would encourage you, you know, to pray about that. And of course, I felt devastated, and I very much respected you know, the, the authority of my church leaders. Mm. <laughs> no sarcasm there, Zach. <laughs> but anyway, I was devastated. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I should quit podcasting. And so I quit podcasting for a week, and it was, the <laughs> most de- it was the most depressed I'd ever been in my entire life. I, th- for that entire week, that, that Monday, I remember I woke up and I'm like, I just hit the snooze button over and over again. And finally, I'm like, okay, I've got to get to work. I, sh- I think I may have showed up to work five minutes late. And as soon as I got there, I'm just like, how many hours, how many minutes before I can go home and go to bed? Not how many, how many hours before I go home and have dinner and see my family. No, how many hours before I can lose consciousness. And I had that every single day for that entire week. And, I, and I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm like, what's going on here? And I, all these, you know, the emails are backing up. And where's Cliff? Where's the latest episode? Cliff, where's this? Cliff, this. And, and I'm like, and I'm just ignoring it all. And finally, on Saturday, I'm like, I said, that's it, I'm back. I, <laughs> hey, everybody, this is what's going on. <laughs> and and the very next week, I went in and I I, I went to those two people. I said, hey, I want to talk to you about last week. And I said, I really want to thank you for coming to me. Um, you guys were absolutely right. I think the Holy Spirit must have guided you to come and speak the words to me that you guys spoke. And I could tell that they were relieved. It's like, oh, he's finally got it. I said, yeah, so last week you said I might want to actually sit down and really reflect and pray about whether or not I've been distracted from what God's really called me to do and what he wants me to, the path that he's called me on. And it, it, you know, I reflected a lot this week and you're absolutely right. I've come to the conclusion that my position here in this church has been a distraction from what God has truly called me to do in the ministry world. So effective immediately, I resign from all positions here and my family and I are leaving the church.
1: Wow. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, that's powerful. Truly quite a, quite a story, especially of confidence in your own mission.
0: Well, it didn't come, it, it didn't come easily. That was the, <laughs> it, sometimes we hear in the spiritual journey, uh, spiritual world, we hear about the dark journey of the soul or whatever, the dark night of the yeah, soul. Yeah, the
1: dark night of the soul. Yeah, yeah. that that <laughs> one,
0: it was a tough one, it, but it, it was so clear. I mean, I, I, I just, all I had to do, Zach, I mean, I, okay, it's easy for me looking back. Of course, I don't even know, this was, what, 17 years ago? Uh, so... <laughs> It's so easy for me to look back and see how much of a ridiculous farce all of the anxiety and angst I had was. But the reality was, looking back now, it's like, okay, let me think about my decade plus of ministry within the church. The conversations I had, the interactions, the exchanges that I've had— and, and we don't need to go into depth, but I have, it, it's not just one church. If anybody thinks, well, gosh, Cliff, you, you just got burned one by one church, and I've heard that one so many times, and so I'll, I'm happy to go into detail about how many churches I've witnessed throughout my lifetime. But if I, if I reflect on that, I had some incredibly memorable moments. I am incredibly thankful for the institution of the church. I, I don't have any disdain for it. I don't have any bitterness towards it whatsoever, but it became clear that at some point, my relationship with the institution had replaced my relationship with Christ. And that that became an issue for me. And mm. what I saw was that, yes, I'm having a positive influence in the community through what I'm doing as a pastor. Yes, I am. Is that anywhere at the level of impact and influence from a ministry perspective of of being of service and encouragement to my fellow man is is what I'm experiencing in the church anywhere close to the level of impact and influence on a ministry level that I'm having in my work as an insurance agent? And the answer was no. I'm having Mm. far more impact. The conversations that I would have with somebody whose daughter was just killed in a car accident and they're calling me pretty much, like r- before most of their family is aware. You know, I talk to people whose house, you know, my house is currently on fire. You know, what do wow. I do? How, where, does, where does my family stay as they're putting this out? You know, I, I, I had, I talked to people in the deepest crisis moments as an insurance agent. And those were far more meaningful, encouraging conversations that I was honored to be the person that could be that for them. So that's very clear. But then I'm like, okay, well, gosh, I've got this third thing that God's brought into my life, and that's this podcasting stuff. And I got to tell you, Zach, I've got... Hold on. Is this an audio podcast? Audio and video. Okay, so for those of you who are in audio, I want to show you, I want to tell you what I'm holding in my hand. I'm holding in my hand about 100 different postcards with handwritten Letters and notes of saying of people saying this is how you've impacted and changed my lives. So that's that's all postcards. Actually, here's a couple more postcards. This right here. Now I'm holding up a stack of approximately 100 thank you cards with people's personal messages. And then I have letters that people mailed me. And it's again, it's probably about 80 to 100 letters here. And wow. three of these are handwritten letters. Some of them handwritten. Uh, handwritten letters. Three of them are handwritten letters of people who said, because of something you shared in one of your podcast episodes, I chose not to commit suicide. Wow. And so when I, wow. when I think about that, it's like, okay, and, and, and don't get me wrong, I, I have, uh, in, in my time as a pastor, I did have two different instances where I talked to somebody who was co- contemplating suicide and had attempted suicide. Uh, so it's not like that opportunity wasn't there. But on the scale, I'm, I'm reaching, by this time, I'm reaching over a 100,000 people. This only appears to be growing, and it has. By the way, I've I've reached over a million people since then, but um, it, it it was just clear for me. It, it's like this is what God has called me to do. I don't understand how it's all going to work out. Some, you know, part there. There's a big part of me at that time that I'm just man. I wish I didn't even have to do this insurance job. I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand that. You know, I just told you about all of the deep meaningful interactions that I've had with my community, right? That I'm able to be there at those crisis moments. Okay. But thankfully that's only maybe one every three to six months, right? Thankfully Mm. here I'm having these deep, meaningful, impactful conversations with people on a weekly basis. Wow. And most of my day job is sending people proof of insurance cards to the courthouse so they can renew their license and Mm. their tags for their cars and, and, uh, you know, just a lot of paperwork and, and I'm like, hi, oh, I wish I could just get behind a microphone and encourage people with my voice. So I don't know if that answered your question that you were asking, but no, it totally that's what came did. up.
1: Yeah. And I have a lot of questions that like what I'm learning with, with these interviews and, um, and when interacting with people is like people, people feel and know at a soul level what their calling is if they're able to listen and it's ref- it's really inspiring to hear this from you too your story of like in impacting not just so many people but staying true to your vision um this is the first podcast I've done in like 2 weeks and um it's like there's so and that's another question I have like does it ever feel like there's so much you want to do so much impact you want to have like how do you like focusing and zoning in on one thing specifically like how has that journey been of balancing out your your focus and your mission um and connecting with that flow state all in that process i know that's a mouthful
0: but <laughs> well for me my experience has been it it ebbs and flows there are there was a time when well, first of all, I'll tell you that since December of two thousand five, I have created and published forty eight podcast shows with over four thousand six hundred podcast episodes. And I have a wow. and I have a YouTube channel that has over at least one to two thousand videos on it. Wow. So I are, and and think about that. That's forty eight different shows, forty eight different topics. So what I've got the virtual assistant podcast. I've got the business tech <laughs> weekly podcast. I've got the encouraging others through Christ podcast. I've got Cliff's notes on profitable coaching. I have uh, what else do I have? I, well, I've got forty eight shows, forty eight different <laughs> topics. And so, how do I handle that? I, I just go. I I'm going to give you. I follow my energy. I do things that I can't not do. And I will do those things until I feel it's time to walk away. So this is a powerful question I heard uh, several years ago. Um, Somebody told a story about she wanted to become a singer. And she was asking her singer and dance instructor, instructor, it's like, wow, sometimes I just wonder if all this is worth it. And she goes, oh, that's, it's so great that you're asking that question. You need to ask yourself this question. Just ask this, can I walk away from this? Just ask that question, can I walk away from this? And if at any point the answer to that question is, do yourself and the world a favor and walk away. And I just, I love that. Sometimes, one of the things that I experience as a coach is people who say, I'm stuck. And it's like, what does that mean? Well, what I've recognized from a majority of the people who say that is, well, they're stuck because they can't get any motivation to do the things that they're supposed to do in their given situation, whether that be Gosh Cliff I, I I used to I used to be known as the podcast answer man. So they were like <laughs> Cliff, gosh, I've been podcasting for the last 5 years and you know what every single week this just becomes more and more of a chore. How can you I can you tell me what it takes to be consistently motivated and so I'll stop procrastinating and putting it off to the last minute and all this other stuff and I'm like no. They're like what? And I'm like, no, I won't tell you how to do all of that. Can I? Yes. Can I get you fired up? Can I, can I rewire your brain and your neuro associations, all this other stuff? Can I give you some techniques to make this more efficient and all this other stuff? <laughs> yes, I could do all of that, but I won't. And the reason why is because you need to listen to the voice of your soul. Your spirit is telling you you're done with it. Listen to that voice inside. That little voice that every time you look at your to-do list and it says it's time to create another podcast episode and you go like, listen to that. If you can walk away from it, which sounds to me like you wouldn't have too hard of a problem doing other than (laughs) your identity is attached to it. Mm. You think I'm a podcaster. Mm. I've been podcasting for five years. That's you're not a podcaster. That's not your identity. (laughs) You are a divine spiritual being having a human experience who for the last five years has published content via a podcast.
1: Yeah. That's so beautifully put because it's like we at times through our identity craft a box for ourselves that we want to put what it is that we are inside of. Like literally our phone is a box. So many times when we're creating, how do we get this to be put in a box? And sometimes we can throw ourselves in the box too. But the good news I, is we can always come out. <laughs> well, that's
0: it. And, and the, so that's the, one of my favorite quotes is to be in the world, but not of it. Mm. And, and not only do I think about the world as in the earthly materialistic world, I'm in the material world, but I'm not of it. I'm not attached to it. I mean, I, you could come in here, shoot me in the head today, and and I'm not going to be upset. It, <laughs> it, it's just, <laughs> it is what it is. There's nothing that I'm going to feel emotionally that's going to change what just happened. You know, and, and I mean, am I going to preserve this? Yeah, I'm going to do the things to protect myself. So I'm not like, you know, nihilistic or whatever that's called. But the thing is, is, I'm not of this world. I'm just in it, but I am in it and I'm committed, but I'm not attached. I'm in it, but not attached. So I'm a content creator. I love creating podcast content. But if I ever don't feel like creating content, well, guess what? I'm not going to do. I'm not going to create content. (laughs) Yeah. And so I have a history of starting things and finding incredible levels of success and then getting bored with it. The challenge is gone. the uh, The risk is no longer there. The fact of ha- what if this fails has has disappeared. This, this is a known quantity. This is repeatable. And 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 I've lost my sense of variety in life. And I, it's like, dude, variety is the spice of life. I need some spice if I'm going to stay in this place. Give me something new. Yeah, I. Sometimes it's a struggle to even express
1: that newness or that um, excitement with these words. And so that's another thing I'd like to bring up is um, your experience in the light language spaces, not just on clubhouse, but uh, your expression of that like pursuit of newness and how it came about through experimentation with that, with that language. And if you're open to sharing some language too on this,
0: On this episode, whatever I'm going to do with this, I don't even know yet. (laughs) So, what I will tell you is that you've been experiencing my light language from the beginning of this episode. It just so happens to be that my light language is coming through and being run and processed through a filter of a set of symbols called words in a language for which you understand. But I have been speaking light language or the language of my soul from the beginning of this episode. But my soul can speak languages that are beyond the mind's comprehension, such as, But that's the language of my soul. No different internally to me than the words that I speak here in English. Hmm.
1: That's been a recent insight as I've gone around meeting new people recently in person is that we can hold our light and not just hold it, but share it. And it doesn't have to come out as It doesn't have to come out like that. We can also utilize this language just as efficiently to share that vibration and frequency.
0: Well, one thing that I've learned, Zach, or learned, one thing that I'm currently aware of and, and how I'm experiencing it is that you and I are both open to a certain level of consciousness, a frequency of thinking and feeling and experiencing that you and I could probably have an entire hour-long conversation and speak only in light language. And each of our human minds may have absolutely zero understanding of the words that are being spent expressed but our my soul being and your soul being our truest essence of ourselves would have a meaningful exchange absolutely but there are many people who are either watching this or are listening to this they hear the hoya <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> and that means nothing to them and it's like what is this and they get scared and it's just because their their level of consciousness is a, as a at a lower frequency and that's no it's not like you and I are better i just want to state that it it's just absolutely a, it, yeah it, it, it's it's kind of like saying okay okay well it is <laughs> country is a little bit worse than some <laughs> other views but it no it's it, it's like different radio stations it's are dial, different frequencies yeah. it that's all that it is and for 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 this, you know, what is oftentimes called light language, which is the expression of the... Au- with, there's, and I want to get back into the, the fuller expression and understanding of light language. Yeah. Because all is light. All is vibration. And so, therefore... It, it, hold on. This right here, I'm holding up a little die-cast aluminum car. This is light language. This is... Somebody communicated, you know what, I have a deep love and, and appreciation for classic Beatles, Volkswagen classic Beatles, and I want to create as an artist a a replica, a, a, a scale rec- replica that people could buy purchase and own to express and and to be connected to that feeling and emotion of their love and appreciation for this classic beetle which by the way i have a life-size one of these in my garage i have nice. a, I have a 1974 volkswagen beetle anyway but this is light language art is light language um everything is light language everything is the language of light so, but what happens is we get into uh, one of my favorite expressions of light language for me is when we let the soul kind of, and you said, how do you get into that flow state? Light language oh. is when, for me, I describe light language is when my soul is, in, is basically in the process of the creation and the mind is, is superseded by the soul. Or surpassed by the soul. So there is a time. There are times when I'm like, oh my gosh, I know what I want to do today. I want to create a brand new web page that's gonna pr- that's going to uh, promote and sell this conference that I'm putting together. And I may sit down in front of my computer and say, okay, I'm gonna work on this for the, maybe the next two hours. And then the next thing I know, Stephanie's like, hey, are you going to dinner with us? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And she goes. Well, it's 5.30. We were supposed to leave at (laughs) 5. And I'm like, wait a second. And I started at 8 o'clock in the morning. Oh, wow. So I don't, has that ever happened to you? Well, Yeah, like moments where you simply lose track of time. That's exactly what I'm talking about. And so what happened was that web page, do you get this now? That web page that I was building is light language. yeah. It was the language of my soul pouring out and through this experience of life to communicate why I am creating this experience called this Free the Dream Conference. Mm. See that? So, so my experience so far, my understanding, the way that I think about it, and this may not be true for everyone, but this is the way I feel about it, is when we get into that flow state, when we and when we can get in and let the soul take over and say, mind, you don't need to understand all of this. We appreciate you, mind. We understand the value that you have in this human experience. We, we're not saying you're not worthy of us. We're just <laughs> saying, hey, soul wants to come out soul wants to take over soul wants to be in control and that's when we create art that's when i can sit here and go oh hai, that's that soul speaks that that's not the mind
1: what else comes through for you to anybody that's looking to get out of the mind a little bit or to help the mind let go to the way of the soul. Is there um,
0: any more you feel called to share, especially for those who come from my kind of background, the Christian faith background, and that is to really go deep in and find out why do you have a fear of letting go of the mind? And I can tell you, I had I had to ask myself that question. I had to go in and, and dig deep because. Well, throughout my upbringing, I was taught from a fundamentalist Christian perspective that that as soon as you start to empty your mind and allow your your experience to just float, you're just inviting demons into your life, and and if you do that, it's a slippery slope. You'll start to be spoken to by the, the Satan's emissaries, and they're going to say things to you to to convince you that they are angels of light and you're going to get into the new age movement and then it's a slippery slope. And before you know it, you become a heretic and an apostate and you're going to burn in hell forever. (laughs) Sounds like quite the slope they've made in their mind. (laughs) And and they have the, they have the Bible scriptures to, to back them up. I think for anybody who is really struggling and you come from that perspective, I got to tell you, it it if if you are interested in the answer of how do you how do you quiet the mind, you have you'd have to really dig into your theology and say, do I truly, honestly believe everything that I've been taught, that 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 from the, a doctrinal theological dogma is do I true do I believe that is it true, and is it possible that Romans 8 38 and 39 is true so i i am going to usually i try to quote it off the top of my mind and and uh, so but i'm going to go to bible gateway and i'm going to go to Romans 8 38 through 39 and i'm just going to read this cuz this this is what really helped me for i am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels, nor those pesky little demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Mm. So, wait a second. You mean if I sit in meditation and go, oh oh oh, 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 oh. You mean if I do that for 30 minutes and my mind doesn't have a single thought, and then I say, oh, dear Lord, speak to me, send me a message, and all of a sudden thoughts come to me. Well, let's just let's just pretend that that was a demon that came and spoke to me. I'm convinced that not even that's going to separate me from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. So, if we're if we're going to truly take the Bible as the authority, well then then don't forget Romans 8 verses 38 and 39. And that's what really helped me to get to that place, but then I then I started to look at some other things and it's like, be still and know that I am God. Now I'm not going to go so far as to some things and say be still and know that I am God, although there that might be something to ponder and, and explore what would the meaning of that be. Mm-hmm. But let's just say if, if God, this figure that's outside of us as, as I was taught to you know thought, think and believe, but if there is this God, that is separate from me, says, "Be still and know," and it's like it's like, well, be still and know, not be still and think, be still and ponder, be still and uh, be worried about what's going to happen tomorrow. Be still and no, it's just be still. And and what does it mean to be still? Well, first of all, still in physical movement, probably, but also I I came to understand, be still. To know that I am God. If you want to truly know that I am God, you need to be still in your mind. You need to slow down the mind. And then all of a sudden I'm reminded of, he leads me beside still waters. Does that mean that he's going to walk, me and Jesus going to walk down the stream together? Jesus said, hey, all of you are, who are heavy burdened and overwhelmed, Come to me, and I will give you rest. He says, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light, and I will give you rest for your soul. Wait a second. You're what? I will give you rest for your soul. And where, where is this going to happen? Well, besides still waters. What? You know, so where, I need to go find a, some a stream that me and Jesus. No, still waters. The still waters of your mind. We're going we're gonna to take the crazy waves of the surface of the water in your mind, and we're going to bring that down to still waters. And in fact, we're, Jesus says, if you can come to me, and if you could just bring the thoughts to mimic the clear reflection of the sky that you can see in a still surface of a lake or pond, I will give you rest for your soul. That's what I'm gonna do. That's come mm. to me. He says, my yoke is easy. Have you ever heard of this? Are you familiar with this scripture, by the way, Zach? Yeah. 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 So he says, my yoke is easy. The original, I think it's the Greek word. I'm not complete, I'm not a like a super deep biblical scholar, but I believe the original word was Zugos. And mm. in Sanskrit, if you take the word Zugos and translate it over, it can be one of two things: yoke. Or yoga. Ah. So what if Jesus actually was saying, Come to me and I will give you rest, for my yoga is easy.
1: My breath. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. But I was I learned recently in life that if you breathe in. Yahshua, Yah-shua. is the sound that comes out. And like all the vowels are present in the breath. And I was like, "Whoa!" so that makes, that makes the whole Christ allegory and, uh, relationship. It gives it a lot more simplicity. And I think just awareness. So yeah, like the, the, the breath is light. (laughs) Yeah.
0: For me, it, it, it came to that. And then just sitting in meditation and at first it's it's it was an incredible challenge for me just my mind was going everywhere to sit in meditation for 5 minutes was a deep challenge but then once i got the hang of it it's like oh t- this is simple and I, and i today i could probably sit in meditation for as much as 2 or 3 hours without moving and and i'm not saying i won't have a single thought during those 2 or 3 hours but for a good portion of it i feel like i'm i'm floating off into some ether somewhere. It, it, I, there is no word to describe where I'm at and what I'm experiencing, but it, it's just pure bliss. And it's just like, wow. And if I didn't have any place to go or to be, you know, if, if <laughs> I I would just stay there. It's, it's awesome. And for those who say, well, I just can't do meditation. I've tried it. My mind just races everywhere. And I, and I sit there, I said, well, would you be interested in a guided meditation? I can guide you through a meditation right now. I promise you, you have the ability to meditate. And really meditate, and one way of thinking about meditation is it's just intense focus. Awareness is, is what it is. It's concentrated awareness, concentrated focus. So if any of you are listening to this and you're still struggling with meditation, uh, you may have already tried a couple guided meditations, and you'll find that a majority of them will start off with a focus on your breath. Now, take a moment and focus on your breath, and I want you to focus on the feeling of the coolness of the breath as it goes through the passage of your nose. Do you feel the coolness of that of that breath passing through your nasal cavity? All right. Now I want you to th- I want you to focus on the feeling of the breath as it goes through your thro- throat and it expands your lungs. And as you're doing those things, what you're doing is you're putting your conscious awareness in your nasal cavity, in your throat, and in your lungs. That in itself is a is a form of meditation, and you can't be thinking about I'm worried about my bank account while you're actually simultaneously doing that you're only can only focus on one thing and if you are following that guided meditation as you're as you're hearing the voice and doing the thing and 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 being consciously focused on that thing then you are meditating you're successfully meditating what one of the things that really helped me is to give up on this pursuit of these metaphysical experiences my experience was that I, I'm like, okay, I know I'm not supposed to get focus on meta, meta, me, metaphysical experiences, but my problem, Zach, is I, I ran into the issue of where I was focusing on focusing on not focusing on having metaphysical experiences <laughs> <laughs> instead of just being, instead of just being. And so, the best thing I can tell you is just don't give up. Sit, start with some guided meditations. One of my favorite things to do is uh, the insight timer. I, I'm going to pl- plug in my oh, phone. Oh, yeah.
1: I actually have that up.
0: My, my insight timer, listen, I, want, I want everybody to listen to this. I want you to listen for how long this bell dings. Because sometimes I'll just use the timer function. And I set it up and you can use different bells and all this other stuff. But just listen how long this thing dings. It's still going if you're listening, but that was 30 (laughs) seconds. Now, if anyone listened and heard that bell ding for 30 seconds just now, you just successfully meditated for 30 seconds.
1: It's so fascinating. When listening to other people communicate. I find this can be also be podcasts, can be meditations, listening to like an episode or like a dialogue or watching a video. If you're fully present on what's being said and communicated and your focus is there, you give your mind something to do. You don't just ignore the mind. You give it something to do, You're like, okay, let's just focus here. And then that expanded awareness can come through and I think it creates a balanced exchange of that stillness, but still expression. It's like we're most expressed and we're most exuberant, or at least for myself when I'm still in the mind. Um, I'm curious as well for your journey. If you have any stories like where you first discovered that stillness or if, where you first discovered that that mindfulness um,
0: yeah my what? mine came I signed up for some lessons with Yogananda so their self-realization fellowship and so what for me it happened was I went in and found this app that they had as a you have to be a student and you pay a little bit of a fee to be a student but they have these guided meditations and I'm tr- I'm I'm loading it up now, and it it takes just a second because it brings it in. And what I'm trying to think of, I am, yeah, I think it's this one. So I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna hit play on this, and I, I just listen to this for a second.
1: To there meditate on peace, Paramahansa Yogananda said, "Peace emanates from the soul." and is the sacred inner environment in which true happiness unfolds. Peace is not something we can acquire from outside ourselves. We must learn to discover it within. Through meditation we become centered in the stillness and joy of our own essential nature, the soul, and partake of that divine peace which is the actual presence of God. The peace that passeth all understanding.
0: Okay, so I'll just stop there. But it goes on, and then it has a time, of, it's got like a, a mantra. So repeat after me, and, and say this out loud, and then say it softer, and then now say it even softer, and now say it only in your own mind and and I'll, I was sitting there in this meditation and I think this is the one where it says i am a wave of peace I am and floating in the ocean of consciousness I am a wave of peace flowing in the ocean of consciousness and then all of a sudden what happened was I, I start saying it, I say it out loud, I am a wave of peace floating in the ocean of consciousness. And finally, I, I get to where I'm like, okay, now I'm only saying the words in my mind. But then I get to the place where I'm not, and, and it says now, let's sit in, in quiet meditation. And, in, and it still has the little etheric background going for the next five minutes, or how I don't know how long it is, but it seems like forever. but and then all of a sudden I'm not saying I am a wave of peace in the ocean of consciousness. I literally am a wave of peace in an ocean of consciousness. And it was just like, what just happened and and at the end of this at the end says if you've enjoyed this, blah 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 and I'm just like and I'm just like, no. I'm not leaving. I am a wave of peace in the ocean of consciousness. I will not leave. Ah. <laughs> uh, wow.
1: It's it's like um affirmations and mantras and meditation, intentions, are all words like do, regardless if, if our intention is there to experience everything for what it is, can we not be that wave of peace always?
0: I believe we can. Yeah. I'm curious with
1: your journey of, the mind and quieting it, how do you use your mind as a tool to get in alignment with your soul? Is it, is it more of like a relaxing and letting go of the mind completely? Or is there a way by which you, um, you aspire to use the mind or like what, what have you learned with using the mind in the, well,
0: at the earliest part of my journey and through most of my adult life and until approximately three and a half years ago and maybe, uh, maybe even going back to as much as about six years ago, I will tell you that my mind pretty much controlled me. But what I discovered is that, wow, my experience of life and my reality is really what I choose to do with my mind. And I became consciously aware of teachings that said that my mind is actually something that I can control rather than being controlled by it. And that was a pretty radical statement. Of course I shouldn't have it's, it's, it, um, hold every thought captive is a scripture from the Bible. <laughs> so it's like hello, I wouldn't be instructed to hold every thought captive and made it uh, make it obedient unto this if that were not possible. So, even though I heard those things and it just didn't resonate at a deep level, but once I really truly believed that I could control my mind and I could control my emotional experience in this world... I began to say, okay, I believe it's possible, so teach me the ways, oh wise one. <laughs> and so, so, my guru, Tony Robbins, he, he, shared, he says, listen, I'm going to tell you about the triad. It's your physiology, your focus, and your meaning. And I'm like, okay, tell me more. He goes, well, your physiology, what, how you use your physical body will shift radically how you, be, how you feel emotionally in any given moment. So, whether you're, you have to breathe a certain way to be depressed. So, anybody, if you were to ask, you have to actually look down or up to feel a certain expression, um, like to, prolonged. So, for example, if, if I, and I've done this with a number of my clients, I said, hey, can you describe to me somebody who's depressed? You know, I, I just want you to imagine, you and I, just imagine we're, we're sitting here at a restaurant. And Zach, let's do this because I haven't done this exercise with you and we'll see if it cool. if you also are able to do this. So you and I are sitting at a restaurant right now and over oh, oh, just oh, over away from us, do you see the bar and there's a guy sitting at the bar and he looks depressed. Do you see him? Yeah. All right. He absolutely looks depressed. He's probably one of, he, he looks like he's one of those guys who would jump off the bridge if, if he had a bridge to jump off of right now. Do you see him? Yeah. Now, I want you to tell me, is he slumped over or sitting up straight?
1: (laughs) He's like, I just got the visual. He's like leaning over. He's just like scrolling on his phone. Yeah. It's like slumped over sideways. Okay. So
0: there you go. Slumped over versus sitting up straight. Now I want you to tell me, is he looking up at the ceiling or is he looking down? Oh, most definitely down. All right. Is he looking straight or is he looking down? He's looking sideways. Right. (laughs) But okay, so yeah. <laughs> if you were to look, look, and now he let's just say you can you can kind of see his belly, and is he taking in long, deep, slow breaths, or is he breathing shallow breaths?
1: It appears as though they're pretty shallow. I can barely see his stomach moving.
0: Yep. All right, so we'll just stop there. All right, we'll just stop there. So just think about that. Now imagine that guy has a good-looking girl that walks over. Uh, to the bar and all of a sudden he looks up at her finds her physically attractive uh, he kind of is like hmm I'm gonna sit straight up blah 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 right and and not only that but he starts to take he's like, oh. <sighs> do you notice that he's no longer depressed yeah the moment
1: <laughs> you you sit up And you breathe, the life comes back in.
0: I had a girl, I was on Clubhouse one day, and I had a room called How May I Help You Ask Me Anything? And a girl named Laura from the UK came into the room. And she had been listening to me as I was coaching and serving some other people. And she came up on stage and I said, Laura, welcome. How can I be of service to you? And she goes, Cliff, I'm so sorry. I don't mean to do this to you. But I, you know, I was here on Clubhouse. I saw the title of your room. I've come here and this is really off topic, but I didn't know. I'm really sorry to you. I'm sorry to everyone here, but uh, I'm about ready to commit suicide. And I just wanted to know if there's any reason why you think I shouldn't. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, well, yeah, I, I think I can think of an endless number of reasons why you shouldn't, but. Let's forget about that for just a moment. Let's talk about how you're feeling. and you know, Just this depression, how long have you been depressed? She told me that she's been depressed for many years and that uh, she's been in therapy, she's on antidepressants, she's on all this stuff. I said, well, the first thing I need you to know is that I am not licensed in any professional way to be of service to you in a way that might be the most beneficial. So first thing we're gonna do is we're gonna get somebody in this room to look up a phone number for you that you can call if what I say to you doesn't change your mind. Would you be open to that?" And she said, yeah. And so I found out she was in the UK and so we found her a UK hotline. And I sat there I said, um, uh, and I said, would you like to not be depressed? Would you like to feel good? that uh, That's the only question I asked. Would you be open to that? And she goes, if it were possible, yes. I said, well, that that's great. As, as long as you're open to it, it, it's wonderful. I said, will you do me a favor? And, and she says, well, sure. I said, well, I, I want you to follow my instructions. I said, my guess is that you're currently breathing shallow, that you're probably looking down and you're slumped over. Is this accurate? And she said, yes. I said, Okay. Said, uh where are you sitting right now she goes I'm sitting on my bed I said okay here's what I want you to do and I, I said you've got your phone in your hand uh, I first thing I want you to do is I need you to stand up on the floor all right she, okay she stood up and I said now I need you I need you to make sure you are standing up straight and tall. All right. She goes, "Okay, I'm doing I'm standing up straight and tall." I said, "Great. I need you to take three deep breaths with me. Now, I just want you to listen to my breath and as I'm doing it, I want you to follow my breath. And we're going to do a deep inhale. We're going to hold for a second, and you will hear me when I exhale and our exhale is going to be longer than our inhale. So, are you ready?" And she says, "Yes." And I said, "Now do this with me." We did three or four more of those. I said, now what I want you to do is I want you to take your body and I need you to loosen it up and I need you to jiggle and like your, your body's made of jello. I need you to look like the craziest, <laughs> most ridiculous, insane idiot you've ever seen in the world. I just need you to jiggle, 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 just loosen up. I said, "Will you do that for me. I, and and just don't lose your phone. Don't throw it across the room. Hold your phone tightly, but everything else, loosen up and jiggle and just just like just become like Jello for a little bit. And she did it and said, great. And the next thing I want you to do is I want you to look at the ceiling in the room where you're at. I want you to look up at the ceiling and now I want you to stand up straight again and I want you to picture, picture yourself that you are in a superwoman outfit, all right? So what I need you to do is I need you to stick your chest out a little bit and almost to where it's aimed up towards the ceiling, so much so that you are wearing a cape right now and the cape is hanging towards the ground and not touching your butt because your chest is pointed up to the ceiling as well. And she says, I said, okay. And I said, and she started to giggle. And I said, uh oh, you jumped ahead of me. (laughs) And she goes, what? And I said, you jumped ahead. I haven't yet told you to smile, but it sounds to me like you're already doing it. She goes, I am. And I sat there. I said, let me ask you something. Do you want to kill yourself right now? She says, no. I said, why not? She goes, I feel so good. I said, I've just shared with you the first of the three things that you need to know about how to feel good in any given moment of time. This You can change how you feel by changing first your physiology. Now, would you like me to teach you about changing your focus? And then I'll teach you about changing your meaning. I taught her all three of those things. By the end of it, she wanted to be a life coach and wanted to ask me how to start a podcast. Wow, years of therapy and has been on uh, antidepressants and she was on her way to go outside to go for a walk and decide where to commit suicide.
1: She found out the power was in herself all along. Well,
0: found out that she had the power to control her mind instead of her mind controlling her. Yes. She had never been taught that in therapy.
1: It's like a computer we get to program. That's fascinating and such a beautiful example of how we can really switch and direct the tide of our moment when we want to. Is there any other moments you found Cliff where you've been in a, let's say a state of uncertainty for anybody listening. That's like, uh, I don't know. Or like, I hope whoever's listening went up and tried that. Like I was doing what I could to do it along with you. Like just sitting down, um, go ahead, try that out. I I've learned a lot of really powerful change in the moment has came a result of me just letting go. And for me, it's been through singing, Mm -hmm. you know, activating my voice, which which is
0: physiology.
1: Exactly. And then that goes in, gets the body going. Yep. Uh, then you get up, you start dancing, you know um is there any moments cliff where you've like like that uncertainty or whatever I, I feel called the ask um where you've dealt with that not sure where to go in the moment where you've utilized this this technique and it's led to profound insights or any stories with other people
0: yeah um, gosh t- I could give you tons well I, and I was dis- I discovered all of this stuff that I'm telling you about back in. 2015 no 2016 and so maybe a hundred different times i've used these skills since then uh, i i have it i mean just because you're on a spiritual awakening journey it doesn't mean that you don't still face circumstances that are outside of your control that may be undesirable to your ego personality you know so i so i still have things that are undesirable unexpected and inconvenient those are the language, that's the language that I choose to use today. I don't talk about, <laughs> oh, this is terrible. <laughs> this is, it's inconvenient. It's undesirable. And it was unexpected. But I get those things. And sometimes it can still trigger some anxiety if I have, if I haven't released all of that stuff inside of me that's been built up and stored. So what happens, I'll give you an experience, I'll give you an experience that came up Um. I was doing incredibly well financially in my business, making $30,000 a month every single month, working only three days a week, and only working about 12 to 14 hours d- during those those three days. So, things inc- going incredibly well. I'm studying three to five hours a day every single day just to grow personally and spiritually. I just I just can't get enough of learning and growing and studying. And I'm having lots of incredible conversations, journaling, and all this other stuff. Well... This went on for months and months and months and months, and I keep talking about the fact that, man, guys, peace, love, joy—it comes from within. It doesn't come from any of your external circumstances. If you can't be, if you can't experience peace, uh, when you're broke, you won't ever experience peace without. No matter how much money you have, I promise you. And so I'm sitting there teaching all this stuff, and then one day, uh, because of all this time and all these things, I wasn't prospecting, and and I had some clients. I had. I think five or seven clients that were paying me $2,250 a month. And they all agreed to pay that for one year. Well, their one year had come... I had brought all those clients on within 90 days. Well, one year later, within 90 days, all of those clients went away. So my... My income dropped really low. And I'm like, I should probably start prospecting for my business again. And But gosh, I'm looking at my bank account. And then it's like, oh my gosh, I'm a little concerned about that. It's like, oh, it's no worries. I'm going to do this. I'll do that. And it's all going to work out. And and another thing would happen that would try to trigger me. And I'm like, nah, this isn't, a, I'm still going to pull through. It's like, and another thing would happen. And I'm like, nope, this is, I, that was an unexpected expense. But we're going to get through this. And then one day my dog gets sick he oh, he, no. he, ate, he ate something I think it was a dryer sheet and um, he wasn't going to the bathroom he wasn't eating he it was it, it, it wasn't looking good and it's my dog you know and yeah. I, and it's like listen I know I'm supposed to be in the world but not of it I'm not supposed to be attached but you know I, I, at that moment I was feeling a, a bit of attachment and not only that, but dude, do you know how you're sitting at the vet they're they're x-raying you how how many how many how many times a day every day are they x-raying you you're sitting there every how, dude you, how much are you costing me seriously you yeah. I, I, where and, and all of a sudden i i started to realize it's like whoa i've been triggered out of my peace state i am mm. i am really experiencing some overwhelm and some anxiety here and, and, and I'm sitting there thinking, I'm, I need to do some work today, but I don't feel motivated. I don't feel in flow. I, I'm totally consumed by worry right now. And it's like, I haven't experienced this in an incredibly long period of time. So, what do I do? I go and get on my treadmill, run for a little bit, get my heartbeat up and running, deep breathing, all this other stuff. Then after that, I come back into my office here. I sit down on my floor, light a candle, do a little bit of quiet reflection and meditation. And then I pulled out my journal and I wrote a letter to God. Dear, I put, Heaven-, you know, dear father, uh, this is what's going on. This has happened in my business, this has happened in my business, and I know I've journaled about this and I told you it's no big deal. Well today it became a big deal. <laughs> you know <laughs> and this this, this, this. And I just I took all of my anxiety, all of my worry, all of those doubts, all of those fears and I gave them all expressions in words on a page. And then I wrote, but this is what I know to be true, dot dot dot. And then I gave my soul the pen, and light language came out. God spoke to me through the written word on the pages that came. I was not aware of what words I would be writing next. I only wrote the words as they came to me. And Mm. I had about three or four pages of God speaking to me through light language in that way. Wow.
1: I remember you telling me this story um, a few weeks ago and I was just, it's like, this is, I've been getting this reminder recently in my life. Um, and when I let go to that pen of flow, to that pen of divinely channeled, it's like, man, I don't need to think. And I wonder, it's like, this is what I'm I'm questioning. I, I try to use the mind to ask questions, consciously and then whatever comes through during the day like that flow you just don't need to worry about knowing because it's the
0: it's that channeled spirit <laughs> I don't know what words to put to it I get what you're saying uh, for me for, there are a couple of things that have come up for me as I hear you expressing this First thing is is I, I think it's okay to use the mind and to ask questions and and that's the function of the mind. The mind wants to know. The ego is not a bad thing. Um the, the ego gets a little bit of a bad rap. If we want to continue to be in this world, we're gonna need an ego. Uh, so we shouldn't punish it and make it feel bad or anything like that. It, it's just it's like the ego's just been in control for so long and we believe that we are the ego and just like we are not a podcast I'm not a podcaster I'm just a divine spiritual being having human experience who has podcasted I'm also not Cliff Ravenscraft I am not a true. divine spiritual being having a human experience who goes by the name of Cliff Ravenscraft <laughs> That's that but I am not Cliff Ravenscraft So but Cliff Ravenscraft to be to exist needs a mind and Cliff Ravenscraft and the ego um, that that is a part of this, it it needs the mind and and it wants to understand. And so I do want to, I want to feed that and I want to nourish it. So, so I, so those, so that's the first thing that comes to me. But the other thing is, is I don't need to know. And what, what I hear is when I say, when I hear I don't need to know, it's like, well, my ego doesn't need to know. And uh, where where I'm sitting with this Zach as I, as I ponder that thought, my ego do, okay my ego doesn't need to know because technically my ego doesn't really truly exist outside of an illusion, but given the fact that if I want to live the, in this world and and be really involved in the game and not think of myself in just a you know this is just ready player two. <laughs> I if I want to be really fully involved, then my ego is real, and I am real. This is real. You and I are having a real conversation. This is the real world. So for all of that to happen, it, it, my my mind does my mind does want to know some things. My ego does want to know. Does it need to know? No, it doesn't need to know, but it wants to know. Yeah. And here's the thing: the ego can know. But but it has to get into sync with higher self. It has to get in sync with soul. So I hired a spiritual coach back in January of this year. And one of the things she said in our first meeting, or one, first or second meeting, today we're going to meet the team. <laughs> and I'm like, what? She's like, we're going to meet the team. So... She she goes okay. I want you. We went into a meditation, and she guided me through this. She goes, I want you to imagine yourself. You're in a boardroom. Okay, are, you see it? Yep, great. Now in comes now into the boardroom, into this meeting, comes your higher self. Now, just invite your higher self to come in, and ask your higher self to, to to take a seat. Is he seated to your right or to your left? And and so I did all of that, and it's like, okay, great. Now I want you. Now the next person's gonna, the next person in your team is gonna walk in. It's your your it's your ego, all right. And where's your ego gonna sit? And it's like, okay, my ego's sitting here. It's like, okay. Now the next person in your team is your inner child. And so, your inner child's coming in, okay? So, now it's the four of you. This, this, is, your, this is your team. Now, and, and what happened, and of course, this happened over the course of several coaching sessions, but what we did was I really started to understand these are the different aspects of my identity here in this material realm. So, there's my higher self, which is, has greater knowledge and is the window to the soul, you know, to the truest essence of my identity. It sees things beyond what I... It, it, my higher self sees things that my material self does not see, okay? The ego, I learned, is my protector. It, it It's there to protect me. It's to keep me safe. That's what ego is all about. It's like, listen, I need to keep you here in this world. I need to protect your physical body. I'm here to help you experience pleasure. I'm here to help you avoid pain, and I do that based upon all the programming that we've received throughout the time you were born ever since and up until now. That's what I'm here to do. The only thing is, is ego picked up a ton of bad programming. <laughs> there were some malicious coders out there in the world who have programmed some pretty incredibly bad belief systems, and I adopted a lot of them. And and a lot of and, and I adopted them from my parents and religious t- teachers who were adopted from their parents and their religious teacher. It's the it's called the mass consciousness of humanity that's been passed down through all this programming code. And my ego was running it all, right? So ego had been in control. I thought I was the ego, and it's like, oh wait, so that okay? So the, oh, I see that I'm not that. I'm I'm soul. Okay, and then and then in her child, I'm like and she's and it's like uh this the i see a little boy version of me i kind of think back when i see some pictures of myself when i was a kid and the and and this little little version of me little cliffy comes in right and and, and i'm like dude it's, it's like i haven't seen you in a long time <laughs> you know it, it's gosh i i probably haven't seen you in about 30 years and and she's like yeah, and he's a little upset about that. <laughs> you know why not? And so I had to do what's called a lot of inner child healing. And I and and so my inner child in some of our meetings remi- brought forth memories of traumatic experiences in my past and 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 says, I, I need to heal from this. And I was able to to work in these meetings with my inner child and say, but the, and my higher self comes in and says, This is what's true. And and my ego says, I told you that because of somebody said this to you, and that's what I thought was true. And it's like, okay, but higher self, but is it true? And the ego says, yeah, I don't I, I have evidence. And then I'm sitting there and we're having this team meeting and we're overcoming trauma of the past. And so all of a sudden, and and I say share all of this, Zach, to say this, that what I, one of the things that I learned is the importance for me in hosting these team meetings was that it's important for me to make a commitment that all of my team will be in sync with one another. Mm. So I do want my ego to know. I want my ego to ask questions. I want my mind to To prompt me for what it wants to know. Mm. It doesn't need to know, but it wants to know because it wants to keep me safe. It wants to serve me. And so, I don't want my ego out there, you know, without... So, I I do want to... I want my ego to know some things. And so, that's why I do go into meditation. That's why I do have these things. And that's why I, I do allow myself to read books that confirm some of the more metaphysical experiences that I'm having outside of this body. And and ego's coming along, and inner, chi- and inner child is getting a lot more playtime these days. And my higher self is getting a lot more of my attention than my fear-based programming that ego had h- held on to for so long. Is that helpful to you? Absolutely, yeah, phenomenally. I'm glad I uh, left that
1: question rather open-ended, and I find it fascinating, Cliff, because. You referred to yourself, like your inner child, like 18, like I'm 19. No, so. no, but
0: that inner child would have been, <laughs> I I guess t- he would have been 10 years old, I think. Is, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah.
1: What's fascinating to me is that I've been doing a lot of inner child re- releasing, reflecting recently. And isn't it fascinating how like the, how deeply the memories go? Like within our own childhood, like hmm. do you, if you really sit with it and reflect, you get, you question, I love the visualization before I dive into that. I love the visualization of the round table, the higher self, the child, the ego, all working together. It's like when you allow for that openness to happen, you can start to get more of your memories back.
0: Has that been something you've noticed like oh yeah
1: like the increase is like the memories start to come back and then it's
0: yep yeah I the, there was one night I went to bed and I I I would term it as my own version of Astro traveling it, 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 I I just literally jumped to I, gosh if I had to guess maybe 50 60 different experiences of life as a child. And I, I, was like, oh, there. Wow. Yeah, it's just like, and then, and it, it, it's, you know, it, it, you remember Scrooge, the Ghost of Christmas Past. It's like the Ghost of Christmas Past came to me right as I was falling asleep at night, <laughs> and as, and, and, and it's, it's like, it's, it's taking me to this time when I was a kid, this time when I was a kid, this time when I was a kid, and I mean, I'm just, it's just like, and some of them were like, flash, oh yeah, there was that, and then flash, it was there, and then some of them I'd stay longer, flash, and then I'm there, flash, then I'm there it's just, and yeah, we have that ability. I do want to say one other thing, though, Zach, is that um, a couple weeks into, you know, several weeks after, you know, she's suggesting you should have these team meetings, you are you should be doing these, and she goes, how's your team meetings been going? I said, not great. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, why? I said, I just, I don't know. I it, I, I think my inner child. If if I had to blame it on anybody, it's inner child. Inner child says, "Listen, I I'm done with boardrooms," and and, <laughs> and so she goes, "Okay, well let's do this today." And today and so in that coaching session, we she says, "What what sounds like a great place?" And I ask ask your inner child, and I and and he says, "Can he can he build a fire?" <laughs> he just wants to build a fire and she's like, heck yeah, let him build a fire. And so my inner child built a fire and we all sat around the, uh, around the fire and it was the most incredible experience. And ever since then, all of my team meetings happen around a fire.
1: That's amazing. I think the last time I had a conversation with you was those fire, the round or
0: fireside chat, right? Yeah. Yeah. Was that what inspired those fireside chats? Well, that was that's just me. I was just sitting out there one day doing a fireside chat. But yeah, I, I sit around a fire all the time now. Um, it's like, So as soon as I started doing this, I went and I already had a fire pit that I hadn't used in many years. Uh, one of those metal fire pits that you can put on your mm. backyard or whatever. And, and so... I did that. But anyway, I, I I went to the grocery store and I bought a bundle of wood and it was like $7. And I'm like, and it wasn't even enough for a long fire. It's like, <laughs> that's gonna get expensive real quick. So I, I went on to Facebook Marketplace and I bought, I think it was $65 worth of wood. And I've got this big, huge, giant, what's called a cord of wood. It, I, I've probably had about 15 fires so far and I still have only gone through half of it. So yeah, I like, I play with fire all the time. Matter of fact, since uh, every single day when I come into my office, I always light a flame. I've been fascinating Mm. with fire, with fire ever since I was a kid. And I'd always been taught, uh, well, I'd been conditioned to feel bad about my love of fire since I was a kid because I was always taught you're going to burn things down, blah, 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 you're going to be an (laughs) arsonist. And I'm like, whatever. So I used to, I used to sneak around and play with fire when I was a kid and, sometime there was this one, i'm gonna tell you the story there's this one time me and my friend we were we took spray paint and lit it on fire and we would spray paint the road and it would actually spray paint fire on the road and then the because it, it was flammable right so yeah. so we've been doing this all afternoon <laughs> we we i come home and we're getting ready to go inside and get a cold drink because we'd been hot all day long and my mom's like what have you guys been doing and i said well we've just been playing she goes have you been playing with fire and i said no and i was like don't you lie to me and i look over at my friend and he has no eyebrows (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> he's got these little singed little curly fringes on his eyebrows it's like oh i think we're busted <sighs> what, would, what would the inner child do
1: without the higher self the present mm. self and the ego you know
0: probably probably light itself on fire yeah okay. yep. <laughs> ah <laughs> <sighs> anyway but but though that, see that's it's that stuff it's like man i I just I want the freedom to be a child again and and I and I give myself that permission today. I do a lot of things with my inner child. My gosh, I, I went to a Renaissance Renaissance festival recently by myself. I went to the Celtic fest by myself. I, I I'll go to the movies by myself if I have to. I, right. I'll you know, I go out and start fires in my backyard by myself. I, I I'll do it's I, if I might go out and play in the rain if I want to.
1: That's amazing. I think that's, a uh, one of the first and most important, like, uh, or f- most important or fulfilling steps along the healing journey is to connect with your roots, connect with what you were naturally drawn to. Like, um, I remember, uh, connecting with building and creating, um, with, with like Hot Wheels, with like train tracks and always putting and connecting dots together. And I think that curiosity is within us as children innately. It's just the different ways and unique aspects of ways we express that. So Um, would you say like reconnecting with that inner child has opened up even more doors for curiosity? Like, have you seen like, for example, like if you were to go out and play in the rain, that gives you an epiphany for like your business or like for like other avenues of what adults may consider a success?
0: (laughs) Well, I don't know that I would immediately tie like the activity of giving into my inner child's desires to an epiphany that came out of that exact moment, but just mm-hmm. the floodgate of all of my creativity—it's—it's it, it's almost like that if—if you can imagine like that creativity and inspiration comes to me through some sort of tube, uh, it's like it was all blocked up. But when I cleared that blockage out by saying, you know what, let me just have fun. Let me just go do this thing. I mean, I know that I'm supposed to do this all day today, but I have no scheduled calls. I think I'm going to go to the zoo. <laughs> Let's go to the zoo. Forget everything else on the list today. I'm it's just going to go idea. to the zoo. Exactly. I what? might go to the zoo today.
1: Yes, go to yeah. the zoo.
0: And, and so... I go to the zoo. Now, yeah, I I would imagine there's a possibility I go to the zoo and it's like all of a sudden that inspires like, oh, I want to do a workshop on this or I want to, yeah, that happens. But more than anything, it's just the fact that I went to the zoo to give me the freedom to do what I feel inspired to do that, you know, I might be upstairs listening to a podcast and then I'm like, oh, that reminds me, I'm going to go and do this and I'll go record a a little... uh, thing matter of fact um it happened to me today i was i was listening to something and i felt inspired to create this hold on one second i want to pull it up here i'm like you know what i need to I, I and i'm like am i gonna put this out as a podcast episode And i'm like no this should be a story so nice find something that you love to do so much that you would be willing to do it all day long every day for free and then do that and become so excellent at doing that thing that eventually people would be willing to pay you lots for you to do it anyway it's like that that just came out of nowhere i'm like i'm listening to a podcast and i'm like Oh my gosh, that just reminds me of this quote. I should go write, maybe I should do a podcast episode, and I came down here to do a podcast episode about that topic, and I'm like, no, that doesn't, You that could be done in 90 seconds, Cliff, make that a story, put it on Instagram, put it on TikTok, <laughs> and I'm like, cool, and so that's what I'm talking about. It just flows. yeah. That's fascinating that you pulled that video up
1: because right before I hopped on this call, that was the, that was the video I saw. It was the first thing on Instagram that popped up. I was like, I'm excited to talk to Cliff. So that's a cool way to introduce
0: this episode. So much fun, Zach. Yeah. What yeah, zoo are was, you going to?
1: There's so I'm from Fort Wayne, Indiana.
0: Oh, okay. You're um, not too far from me. I'm in Cincinnati, Ohio, Northern yeah, Kentucky. So
1: Fort Wayne has a zoo. That's pretty cool.
0: I haven't been since I was a kid. So speaking of connecting inner child, like Yes.
1: Take a look at the zoo, see what's up. I do have <laughs> I do
0: have a call at 330 today with a paid client. So I will not be going to the zoo today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let me know. Let me know if you have any more inner child insights going to the zoo. Um or with any with any means. Um if you'd like to share anything else you do online before this video closes up or any final insights. Or, yeah, whatever is coming through, if you'd like to share.
0: Well, I always like to share my opening keynote address to the Free the Dream conference that my wife and I held in 2018 and 2019. But my opening keynote from 2018, it's called All Beliefs Has, Have Consequences. And if you go to com slash free you'll see a 90-second video clip of me tearing up three $100 bills and throwing it in the trash. And I used to have a habit of doing this because I didn't believe that I was worthy of earning people's money doing work that I loved in this world. Everything that's in this talk is really focused on people's personal and professional growth, but it's absolutely just as essential and maybe even more important that you understand that every belief you have is very uh, important for you to understand about how it uh, your spiritual life goes. So, I would encourage everyone to check that out. It's for free. You can you have to do, put in your email address, but you can unsubscribe from my email as soon as it, as you after you watch it if you want to. But anyway, it's mindsetanswerman.com/slash/free. You can have that access for free. And then at mindsetanswerman.com without the slash free, uh, you can browse my website. Uh, I encourage you to check out my list of podcasts. As I said, I have a couple, but those are the things that I would encourage people to check out.
1: Nice. That's something I'd love to check out myself too. Especially the first link you mentioned. Yeah, thank you so much for your shares and and elaborating on your story, especially navigating through sharing who you truly are and falling in love with that. With the religious background, I can relate to, and I think many people listening can relate to that. Moving beyond those fears of really sharing what your soul is really about from that place of fun and joy so it's been an honor it's been an
0: honor cliff it's been a lot of fun it's my pleasure hey real quick i've been recording all of this locally on my roadcaster pro and i have a podcast called encouraging others through christ do you mind if i include our conversation in my podcast as well
1: that would be amazing
0: awesome and this is zach bender and what's the name of your podcast if anybody wants to come check it out
1: check out the Beyond the Mind experience. It's on Spotify. And I've also got a YouTube channel where I'll be posting more vlog content recently. So I'm very much in the position where I'm creating what is spontaneous for me. So like, I'm I'm not a podcast or I'm not a podcast, you know, I'm not a vlogger, but I'm Beyond the Mind. Awesome. (laughs) So um, yeah, I got that on YouTube. You look up Beyond the Mind, Beyond TH3 Mind. And yeah, I'm active. I'm active on a lot of platforms. So wonderful. Sweet.
0: Well, there you go. It'll, that'll be in my podcast. Well, there you go. That was my conversation with Zach Bender from Beyond the Mind Experience. And the V is TH3. I'll put some links in the show notes. That's going to wrap it for this episode. Until next time, I encourage you to take everything you do to the next level.
1: Mindset.
0: Answer
1: Man!